Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Liberate Yourself podcast. This is a platform for those of us around the world who are cultivating personal sovereignty in these transitional times to tell our stories of unfolding through metaphysical practices and modalities. My guests and I have conversations around astrology, magic, energy work, psychology, and ascension processes so that you can take what resonates for your own path and feel more connected with the great eon change we are collectively going through. Remember to visit TristaDedman.com and click podcast for the show notes. And if you like what you hear, give the podcast a positive review on iTunes. You can also become a supportive patron on the Liberate Yourself Patreon page. This transmission, I'm joined by the fascinating Ali, who is an evolutionary astrologer from Transylvania, Romania. We get into deep discussion about the moon cycles as the easiest way to get started working with astrology and how our chart can help us identify and live into our multidimensional selves. We also discuss the astro weather around relational dynamics for the fall of 2018, so be sure to listen all the way through for great tips and in-depth suggestions for how to navigate the season's energy. I really enjoyed the stimulating conversation with my new friend, and I hope you do as well. So let's get to it. All right. Well, let's dive right in. Thank you very much for being here, Ali. The reason I was first attracted to your um, your Instagram account and your astrology forecasts are is because they there's this real ethereal depth to them, like it's coming from a whole this very like rich fertile place I want to say and I just wanted to know if you want to just sort of introduce yourself your relationship with astrology where are you in the world and start us off that way yeah sure so yeah my name is Ali well I'm an evolutionary astrologer that's my thing but I'm relatively new to astrology I was first like I used to have an affinity for this when I was little but then I lost it growing up because of social circumstances and, you know, how society is. Yes. And how astrology is shunned by the world mm-hmm. and it's out there. But if you start living with nature and you start living by your seasons and with the moon and with the sun, you inevitably reach astrology. Yes. There is no way up there. Mm-hmm. It, it calls out to you eventually. That's what I was going to ask next is how did astrology find you? <laughs> Instead of, you know, how did you come into doing astrology? Because I feel like um, more mystical practices like this end up finding you, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, it was a process. It wasn't like from yesterday to today, like snap of a finger. Totally. But... It was, I was in a point in my life like six years ago, 2012, mm-hmm. you know, that, that mm-hmm. little year, <laughs> right at the end of it, just as Saturn came into Scorpio. I didn't knew it at the time, but right. I, I felt it. Right. And I was completely and utterly disconnected from anything spiritual. 
like I was practicing uh, pantheism when I was in high school that slowly turned into animism mm-hmm. you know like every rock has a soul this place has a soul everything's living and conscious in its own way but I remember it was like an autumn October late October night and at the moment of the most spiritual disconnection I've ever felt I just looked up at the moon it was at the first quarter and I was like why am I not having a relationship with mm-hmm. whatever that is mm-hmm. and I said okay from this moment onwards when the moon is uh, waxing I will just focus on positive aspects I like about myself and try to give those uh, the attention they deserve and when the moon is waning just think of things that I don't like anymore that I don't need anymore and just release them and was that was that an intuitive direction that you found for yourself did that just yeah yeah that's great yeah yeah I used to do that with seasons because I was always rather weirded out by the fact that at the beginning of each summer I get very uh, apathetic and uh, I don't have energy and I'm way more sensitive than usual when other people go to the beach, have fun, do that cancer thing, find comfort, yeah. but I just need isolation at the moment and I never, never figured it out. Why do I have so much energy during winter time? Mm-hmm. And so so much low energy summertime. Mm-hmm. So I started working with uh, the seasons, you know, in a pagan, easily pagan way of, you know, equinoxes, solstices, integrating that in my own life. But I wasn't thinking of sun signs. I wasn't thinking of planets, uh, about anything astrology. Mm-hmm. But starting to work with the moon, starting to do this about a year, like every waxing moon, cool, you did this today, that was nice, try that more, cool, you talked this to somebody today, you made somebody's day better, sure. try that more, yep. and then I ate something that I didn't like, you know, waning, mm. release that, mm-hmm. don't eat that food anymore, simple things like that, it doesn't have to be always complex and really soulful. It's true, I think I probably started... Uh, bringing it into my life in that way too, just magic in general. I think starting with the moon cycles, the really simple moon cycles, waxing and waning, full moon, new moon, is really the best way and easiest way to go. Um, but yeah, for anyone listening, that's that's the a really good method. That's also a very Virgoan method, <laughs> like of tracking things yeah. very specifically and and collecting the data. Yeah. <laughs> Which cause exactly. you're, you're a Virgo Virgo sun and rising correct uh virgo moon and sun oh wonderful I'm, okay <laughs> i'm a leo rising that's right so, yeah. that's right okay uh but yeah please continue <laughs> yeah it's there's one simple truth about astrology if you know what the moon does you'll understand everything that's so because true. the moon makes yeah the moon makes every aspect in the chart from the new moon conjunction to the waxing sextile to the first quarter square to the trine to the opposition and then back again in a month. 
-hmm. and then another month and another month. And if you just work with the moon, you observe and feel, you'll know astrology, it will come to you like very, very easily and this it's, way. It's the most obvious because it's the closest to us and we can visually see it. So it, it very literally shows up in our lives very in this very obvious way. Like it takes a little bit more self-awareness and meditation and, and inner work to to work with the other planets and to notice their effect on us. But the moon is super obvious. <laughs> so exactly. That's, exactly. that's a great method to start out with for sure. Yeah. And um, I was lucky because I have a lot of female friends. And as I was working with the moon, a lot of them were like, oh, God, the moon's in cancer right now, so I'm more emotional. Or <laughs> it's in Sagittarius right now, I'm ready to party, whatever. And I was like, wait, does that? I know now that the moon has something going on there. And let me see if the science stuff actually works. Yeah. And I started noticing, like, when the moon is in Capricorn but waxing, it's way different than when the moon is in Capricorn then waning. Mm -hmm. Completely different. Same energy, but different lesson, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that was the moment the coin dropped, you know? Like, oh, oh, wait, oh, wait. There's a system so, here. <laughs> There's a formula here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that click, you know, that click, and it all went like, oh, you people think uh, astrology is very archaic and uh, BS voodoo, mm -hmm. but and we can you elaborate on that real quick because you're in Transylvania, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, exactly. I would I would like to I would like you to kind of speak about um, what is the 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 climate there as far as like astrology mysticism the occult, things like that, is it just not talked about? Is it completely shunned? Can you kind of enlighten us, you know, for those of us in the rest of the world about it? Sure. It, it's not really that different from any place else. Sure. But since, like, 2012, people are starting to talk about more about, you know, mm -hmm. the occult astrology, Reiki, That's yoga. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's, it's a global... That's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you see it more in, uh, uh, you know, 20-something, 30-something, yeah. around that age group of people. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people highly in tune to some really out there, like, soul energies here. So there's some hot spots in Transylvania, okay. in the mountains that are, like, multi-dimensional yeah, yeah. paranormal hotspots ancient cool. creepy mountain dark forest stuff like that so yeah, yeah. i guess that's why i was asking because any of especially in the states we hear transylvania it's like oh like you know dark and we think of dracula and stuff like that so i guess i was just curious about what you know the local well, it, attitudes are towards mysticism and things like that yeah, it, it's it's out there for people. The people are open to it, but the problem here in Romania is that the old generation that has gone through the trauma of communism. Yes. That generation has a lot of trauma that needs to heal, and though those people born from the 
1920s till the 1950s, they've been through some pretty tough yeah. times. Like, they didn't have time to think of anything else. It was just complete ruin. And, and epigenetically, your generation, you guys are, I mean, we're all doing this. We're all healing past traumas, past generational traumas. But you guys, even people in their 20s and 30s now are, are sort of carrying on that lineage and, and healing that, I'm sure, transmuting it, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Especially the Pluto and Scorpio generation. Mm -hmm. We're here to bring the light to the things people hid from yes. themselves. And you get a very cathartic and raw reaction from other people because they see that you see everything. You see past their facade yeah. and you go straight to where it hurts. You know, Scorpio is like, oh, look at that wound. I'm going to touch it, mm -hmm. you know? Dive right in, yeah. Dive right not in. Not afraid of the dark. Not afraid of the dark yeah. at all. That does. Free I hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, the millennial generation, it does... Or, I'm sorry, the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which is essentially the same. Um, exactly. I think it does. They do have this like uncanny way of making past generations uncomfortable, you know, because they are very like direct gaze into what they were hiding before, and not even that they were consciously hiding, but like I think it has more to do with they were taught to hide things and they were conditioned to keep things at surface level or you know what I mean keep keep things behind a veil still exactly mm -hmm. and we're here to just say I see you mm -hmm. I recognize you there's nothing wrong with you and what happened and we're here to heal it together collectively you can't heal that by being at odds and confronting it by just being in opposite sides you have to open up and let love in. Mm. Otherwise, you can't heal anything. Right. It's the only way we can do that. And yeah, it's the it's millennials. You can call it that. It's yeah. from fullborns from a nineteen eighty four till nineteen ninety five. And yeah, those of us that are in our later thirties, uh, it's the Pluto and Libra generation. I feel like it was kind of our which is me, <laughs> I feel like it was kind of our role to uh, bring equality and equilibrium and harmony to things instead of things being so divided and so separated. And I think it sort of brought us out of that, um, that real heavy wartime conflict. It was like, no, 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 let's not have the conflict anymore. It's not working, <laughs> like in everything, equality in the household, equality of the sexes, you know. Um, so now it's nice that, that 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 stage was sort of set as far as balance and justice goes. Now it's like, okay, Pluto and Scorpio generation seems to be coming in to like really spread that, that yeah, that message of, of love and I see you and inclus inclusion or something. I like that. Anyway, oh, that, was a, <laughs> that was a very good point, like enough of the war. That was very cool to think of that. Yeah, it's bringing, uh, you know, authenticity and realness to one-on-one -on -one relationships. That's Pluto in Libra, you know, like just being real and raw about mirroring, about relating, about, you know, just... Not being so being separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
again, yeah, it's about inter, it's interrelationships, you know, it's, it's that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't mean to go off on a, on a uh, tangent there. Um, but yeah, you were talking about how astrology found you. Yeah. How did you get into, um, so your female friends got you into the moon, working with the, the signs with the moon and everything. Um, then how did it, how did it yeah. go from there? How did you find evolutionary astrology specifically? Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. It just, uh, I started learning astrology, you know, you learn about your chart and mm -hmm. those goosebumps you get, those shocks to the system. Like, How did oh you God, know? That's How me. did they know? <laughs> how was how this? I was just kept on reading and reading more and reading yeah. more, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you can call me like a modern astrologer. I'm very into the Western astrology, mm -hmm. but I do take note of the traditional aspects, the traditional rulerships. You, you, yeah. I feel that you need to know that. I feel the same way. Like there, there is something to the traditional ways of doing things are you uh, just to talk shop for a second do you go yeah. by whole signs or do you do placidus system i do placidus okay. but i was i was uh, starting to reading to read about porphyry which is another weird calculation of the uh the houses but placidus mm -hmm. just it, it's on for me i mean if mm -hmm. like mars is now in aquarius it, mm -hmm. When it hit like the two, the second degree of Aquarius, that that just my descendant was, it, you know it. Okay. Just it so Placidus works for me, but I really understand the system, the whole sign system. Uh, there's no one way to do astrology. It's true. Yeah, and I... everything is. There's no false ways of doing it. Everything has a an aspect of truth in every way you do astrology it's true i feel like um it is it is so representative of the cycles of living and being and like you said the seasons that yeah sometimes i feel like us trying to um look at it and interpret it we can't possibly know all of it we can't like we can only comprehend part of it i feel i feel like that's what we're doing we're doing the best that we can with our like linear uh perception of time our linear perception of the world that yeah i think the the naysayers and the people that are really skeptical about it they want to apply like empirical science to it you know and and that just doesn't work that way it's it's such a, a soul level, you know, multi-dimensional uh, practice that we're just doing the best we can, I feel. So yeah, I, I don't think there's any right or wrong way. I don't think that like there's any proof or this is true or not. It really, um, I don't know about you, but whenever I work with clients, I even tell them, like, just take what resonates with you. I'm only one interpretation. I'm only one person that's interpreting this for you. And I even tell people, get you should get multiple readings throughout your life because there's going to be different things that flow through each astrologer, that conduit, you know, for the messages that you need to hear. So it's not an exact empirical science at all. 
um, in my opinion. <laughs> exactly. That's the same thing I do as well. I recommend other astrologers they give another's point of view the same thing we're talking about. Mm. It's you can learn so much from other souls and mm. we each have our own perspective on things. But going to the why I chose evolutionary astrology yeah, it's because you, you you know, you read about your ascendant and, oh, Venus is in Libra and I like that sort of thing and relationships are like that, but that's just scratching the surface. Yeah. And when you go to the more transpersonal things, more towards the Uranian uh, things, the Neptunian subjects, Pluto, Pluto. You, start, <laughs> you start transcending exactly the ego, the basic stuff like, okay... I like this. That's this is my I don't personality. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool and all. Yeah, you know, to the interpersonal, you know, like intimacy and like relationships and synastry and how can you better yourself. But when you go to the transpersonal, I, I like to add more roles to Uranus and Neptune and Pluto than traditional astrology lets you do. Mm-hmm. And you get to the, to the the deeper questions of who am I really? What is my purpose here? Mm-hmm. What are these deep unconscious desires I have, and how can I make them, How can I bring them out in the most healthiest ways possible? Yeah, because evolutionary astrology focuses on the soul's trajectory through this lifetime, correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's. Every sacred tradition at its heart is telling us that we are, our whole, our soul is eternal. Mm-hmm. It cannot, it wasn't born and it will never die. It, you cannot destroy it. Mm-hmm. But our ego is limited and temporal yes. and material, which is cool and amazing. But if you really, really know, want to know from where you come from, what's the source that created me, and how am I aligned to that light and source and darkness, mm-hmm. and then you go towards the, oh, to the real heart of the issue. And it's uncomfortable and mm. then liberating. Yes. You, know? mm-hmm. you, you think of past lives and future lives and everything and uh, it's all happening at the same time (laughs) if you're me like exactly Exactly. (laughs) there is no time yeah yeah it i feel like it really um it it puts you in that that understand not that we can ever understand it but that place of multi-dimensionality even more um yeah as as our our singular being here what is, what is the sing what is the focus of this singular being in this lifetime um, yes. as a oh as a, a divine spark or a divine shard of the entirety the of the whole essentially it's exactly. very very soulful and very spiritual and yeah it, it's it's much deeper than just what's my personality like or, or what have you. Um, even though that's part of it, you're absolutely right. That's, that's totally part of it. None of it is discarded, but, um, so how do you, um, 
like if I were a client, if a client were to come to you, what would you be looking at and what do you, I know that it's different for every session, but Mm -hmm. in general, what would you be focusing on in a, in a reading? Um, Because I know evolutionary astrology usually focuses on the moon's nodes and, and yes, the outer planets a bit more. Um, Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, if I have a client that really wants to go towards the evolutionary part of astrology, yeah, I look at Pluto mm. because I'm from this evolutionary school of astrology taught by Jeffrey Wolf Green and Dane Rudyar. I love and... Dane Rudyar. Sorry, I just had to. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. like my godfather. I just love him so much. Anyway, he's anyone who's just starting in astrology and like wants to really get into the poet. He's such a poet and he's and he's French, of course. So it's it's just the way that he describes and explains astrology is so from a soul level and from a from a very objective, like high, high view, you know, looking down level. I can't really get the words right now. But anyway, I apologize. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> oh, perfect. That's the same thing. When I came across Dane Rudyard, I'm like, this is it. This is this it. Is, yeah. <laughs> is the thing. I'm, yeah. He took the lunar cycle and made it on another level mm-hmm. and added so much depth to each and every little transit mm-hmm. and so much perspective that it made astrology more than 3D. You know, yeah. it added like, what is this? So yeah, I, I work with Sabian symbols daily, for example. Nice. I do that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. Adds to the poetry and stuff. Totally. But yeah, where we as revolutionary astrologers go, we look at Pluto to see what your soul wants. Your, where does the soul come from? From what source? What is its own trajectory? So we look at Pluto and what sign it is and what house it is. That's very important. And also the Pluto opposition point because that's kind of the thing that we need to integrate because our soul comes from a safe, stable house. Mm -hmm. And the thing that it fears most is the thing that it wants most to integrate. So you see that dynamic and then you see how that interplays with the rest of the chart mm-hmm. and when the moon's nodes and you, it, it's very, it's very telling. I mean, when people hear about, you know, a stranger talking to them about their most inner soul yeah. desires, it's like a bit shattering. Yes. It's kind of yeah. like bringing up Chiron. It's like you get tears oh. and... That's, oh yeah. That's oh, like God, the yeah. hardest, but like I don't always bring it up in the first session of yeah. course, but when it's like really prominent, I have like you have to cuz it, usually it's it's really obvious to them anyway and you it, it's like a responsibility. I feel like I have to let them know. <laughs> like everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to you're going to heal yourself so you can heal others and just keep at it. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's um I didn't I wasn't aware of the the Pluto um, axis point, the the opposition yeah. point. That's interesting. Yeah, it's the Pluto polarity point, and it's 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 very important what sign it is. Yeah. Because evolution and astrology, we work with 
polarities. There's six polarities in the zodiac, like, you know, Aries, Libra, mm -hmm. Taurus, Scorpio, Gemini, Sagittarius, and so on and so forth. So um, if you take every polarity and you get to the middle of everyone and then you compromise each and every one of those polarities in your chart, I'm telling you it will create a black hole in the middle of your chart and you'll be sucked right into a singularity and yeah. ascent or whatever. Wow. Telling you that's, there's not, you can't do more than that. Each and every dual part of you gets cool. Yeah, <laughs> gets balanced. Yeah. I love that with, with that, all that labor energy. Um, yeah. I love that. And that's kind of how I explain um, my understanding of opposite signs because they're not, I don't even like calling them opposite signs. They're partner signs because they're essentially, it's using um, in hermeticism, there's the principle of polarity. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I see the um the the partner signs as they are on the same axis they're not separate and literally opposed each other it's all about and yeah you're e exactly like creating creating that equilibrium along the axis is the key i mean i feel like that's the key in all spiritual practice most people would um agree with that but exactly. Yeah, I think that seeing them as opposites is very is doing the power of that axis and that polarity a disservice because they feed into each other. You know, I mean, just with that example, with Aries is the self, Libra is the other in relationships. And so how does that dynamic work together? And, it's, and it goes on and on. So, yeah, that's a fascinating way of looking at it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> spiritual practices each have the goal of us transcending duality mm -hmm. like in the 3d realm we need to go beyond that we're here to heal duality and just understand that it's just an illusion it yeah. separation is the ultimate illusion and mm -hmm. as you said it perfectly it's yeah you shouldn't call it exactly opposite signs it's very you know, rudimentary to call it that. It, they're the same sign, opposite parts, uh, same coin, different parts of the coin. You know, exactly. it's different size. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but Cancer is Capricorn, definitely. <laughs> what do you definitely. mean? What do you mean? I mean, they both deal with security issues, and oh, they see. do it in contrasting different ways, but they still want the same thing. You know, yes. so just one sign you just have to think of it that way yeah exactly wonderful so yeah in a in a session you really focus on pluto for the most part with your with your clients um do you go into the the um the moon's nodes the the north and south node as well because from what mm -hmm. i understand the south node is an indicator of where you're coming from, like what your past lives or what your inherent patterns are that you're working with, that you're going to have no matter what, like, um, and then your North node is essentially like what the soul trajectory is moving towards. I talked about this in a previous episode with the astrologer. It was, it's really fascinating. Like, yeah. The, can you talk about the nodes a little bit? Yeah. But first, you know, the, that's just, that's the moon's nodes. So let's talk a bit about the moon. Yeah. 
Yes. And what does it mean? Because you work with the moon as well. The moon is an amazing, uh, you know, life force yeah. object. It's the mother. You know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. But why does the moon, why is the moon exalted in Taurus, for example? Mm. And why is that? It's because the moon goes round and round and round and round us. So one of the more negative aspects of the moon is making us complacent in just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. We are eternal beings, but in a, having a human experience, and we came here and forgot what we had to do. Mm -hmm. It's like Narnia, the air is thick here, and you have to... Every spiritual practice has a mantra, and you repeat and you chant. If you repeat you start to remember. Mm -hmm. That's what. That's a bad, uh, or, uh, more negative side of the moon. It helps you forget. You're like, oh no 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 no, you know. Yeah. Dance, dance of illusion again and again and again. <laughs> so, yeah. And the moon is, if you want to know where you're coming from, what your actual role is, you have to look at the moon as well, mm. and the phase in which you were born. It will tell a lot about where you're coming from and what you still need to be do, doing to release and go forward or whatever. But yeah, the moon's nodes are very interesting. And I always want to bring up the fact that to remind other astrologers that the south node of the moon isn't inherently all negative. Mm -hmm. It is the place where diminishment happens. So where things get, you know, constraint and there's lack and there's hunger there mm -hmm. but you know it can still diminish bad things as well yep it's yep. the role you played endlessly and you've become way too good at it and there's like what more do you want to do you've yeah. played this game a million times. it's cool it's fun i know it, it can be very fun isn't it not <laughs> but it's time to do something else and I always like to bring up a short story it's like about uh, the real Cinderella story. Okay. The, you know, Brothers Grimm, yeah, the real yeah, yeah. The version. So in that version, Cinderella goes to that special ball, you know, mm -hmm. uh, each and every night. It doesn't just happen one magical time. Ah. She goes there every night, and when it's... 12 o'clock, she decides to, oh, sh no, my God, uh, I need to be back and be a slave girl again. And, and she does that over and over again because her self node, her role is to be that slave girl. And what she, the promise she made, the promise her soul kind of has, a goal that's not hers, she's not familiar with as being that princess. So we're a bit afraid of the North Node because it's not tangible. It's mm -hmm. ephemeric. It's faded. It's you can't touch. It. It's like what? It's a ghost. It vanishes, and mm -hmm. we're not at all comfortable there. It's like, oh, what's this? Mm -hmm. But again, it's not just the North Node is all rainbows and sunshine, but it, it's it, you for you to learn to be, to go like Cinderella, to become your own, you know, 
destiny Mm -hmm. that's the place where you need to go yeah yeah and the it's funny the more that you just feel into and act like your north Mm -hmm. node sign or or in placement things just do start kind of opening up for you and get not that they're easy at all but uh, i mean of course there's more challenges but it seems like more opportunities and things just sort of are, are, you know, coming your way and opened up to you. And exactly. If, and they say, if you really focus on your South, your South node, um, and those patterns and, and, uh, that structure, then a lot of times things will just not happen or fall flat, or it, it can be its own sort of struggle, even though it's familiar, which is a weird paradox. <laughs> you're like, well, I keep doing exactly. this thing that I'm good at. Why, why doesn't it work? And that's kind of it. Cause your, your soul is like urging you to get on the other side, the other side of the access point, the other, you know, cause it's a, again, it's like opposite, it's a partner signs. It's on one axis, you know, Polarity, exactly polarity point so it's urging you to go to the other side of the spectrum the other sign exactly and it's like think of the south node like you learned so much there you have just an endless well of talents and mm-hmm. teachings you can share to others you have so much knowledge there and use you won't it like lose it you know you won't lose exactly. it by going to the other side yeah, it's it it's good. It's like well done. You've done that. That's amazing. And use that as a launch pad towards you know going to the unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Start you start doing that and things just click. Yeah. Click, and you bloom. And it's something. Yeah, it's something else. I can attest to that personally for sure. Can you? Have you noticed that in your life? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's very, it's very funny. It's an incredible. I mean, this whole show. The reason I'm doing this podcast is because of feeling into that and like getting the messages that I need to. Because my South Node is Capricorn and North Node mm-hmm. and Midheaven are in Cancer conjunct. So oh. I am just being urged to like hold space and nurture out in public and, you know, um be that that kind of mothering have that mothering energy with my business and out in public and everything and it's very uncomfortable i'm i'm not at all like comfortable with it i don't even i keep saying i don't even want to be doing this but like i'm just getting these hits like you have to speak you have to share you have to do this um and i'm just i'm being facetious of course i i enjoy doing this but um (laughs) yeah i think i've been focusing on North Node work for about a year, year and a half now, and it's been really incredible. The the people that come into your life, the resources and opportunities that that come in are pretty amazing. What about you? Yeah, well, funny you mentioned that because the guess where the North Node is heading, you know, right right now Uh, towards Cancer. Yes. So you're gonna have an older return. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be very karmic, very faded. You'll see things happening, like clicking on and off. But mm-hmm. for each and every one of us, the collective, mm-hmm. our path forward will be through nurturing, through taking care of ourselves, through being our own mother. Yes. And, yeah. 
and letting old traditions die mm -hmm. that we don't need anymore. That's all the Capricorns. So much Capricorn is coming. Yeah. It's already here, but it's yeah. going to get way, way heavier. Let's talk about that because for anyone that is not, you know, that it doesn't, isn't completely entrenched in astrology like we are, Saturn ha is going through Capricorn. Pluto has been in Capricorn as well. We're sort of leading up to this conjunction in 2020 that only yep. happens every 19 years. And when it does, yes. big things happen. Um, yes. Very intense, big things happen. Think about 19 years ago, or, um, at this point. This is 2018, so 17 years ago. Um, and the way that I've been viewing it, the way that I've been explaining it to people from my perspective is, you know, Capricorn does build. It is, and especially Saturn, Saturn and Capricorn is very literal. Capricorn is ruled by, by Saturn. And so that is form, it is structure, it is tradition. And I feel like um, all of us are really being called to build a new foundation that, yeah, now that the nodes are going to be there soon, South Node and Capricorn, North Node and Cancer, I feel like, yeah, it is, be it is calling us to, to nurture ourselves and mother ourselves. And I feel like the rise of, you know, this rise of the divine feminine energy coming back into play and being integrated into society, not, not casting out, you know, the, um, the masculine, but what I, I would hope like integrate and bring balance to that. But yeah, let's, um, you had a really interesting, so you've, um, before you felt like, or you wanted to talk about Saturn and Capricorn actually being feminine or, you know, of feminine energy. So I would love to hear mm -hmm. your thoughts on all of this, <laughs> all yeah. of this Saturn, Pluto, Capricorn business. Uh, this is my this is my favorite topic because I've been waiting for Saturn to move into Capricorn since I've been doing astrology and I was like oh my god because I was born with Saturn in Capricorn so, so you're actually looking forward but, to your Saturn return <laughs> yeah uh, if, if you can call it that you know but yeah it's I want to bring Saturn into light and talk about Saturn in different ways instead of just blaming Saturn, yeah. curse Saturn, making Saturn be that old, fragile man, that mm -hmm. the shriveled old, you know, sickle bearer that he is here to ruin your fun. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, this is the this is the most important energy at the moment and for the next two years. So. You know, each planet is in a different sign now, and each planet is in different rulerships and in different energies, and there's always one king or queen, one energy that is the main player in the chart, in the sky, you know? Mm -hmm. And that one right now is Saturn. You know, Saturn ha being the 
second biggest planet, the uh, last planet you can see na with your naked eye. It's far away from us, and her. I'm just gonna call Saturn her, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and her orbit takes 28.5, 29 years to complete. So that it takes a long time for Saturn to move, mm -hmm. and each sign, each planet has their own rulership and uh, a temple of their own. So. It took 30 years for Saturn to be back in her own temple. And mm. she's like, she's back home. She's having things. She is in her ultimate power. And that's what I was talking, talking about uh, to other people in 2017 when Saturn was in Sagittarius. Mm. So Saturn crystallizes things. It makes things real. It it's material it shapes things it's that part of earth that that part of reality we are souls right we're used to being one mm -hmm. completely one with everything but we're here to learn individual mm -hmm. experiences we're here to learn separation yeah. and saturn is that alchemical separation mm -hmm. that you're here to learn time it's You're linear here. time and exactly yeah it's basically the third dimension exactly that's what saturn does <clears throat> so saturn's, saturn's modus operandi is just contraction yeah you have your quote-unquote free will to be whoever you want in this specific limited frame yes what are you gonna do about it but <laughs> When Saturn was in Sagittarius, you know, Saturn doesn't like being in Sagittarius. That's Jupiter's sign, and there's too much happening over here. There's too much space. It's like a dumpster I can't fire. figure everything out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like Saturn being in a frat party, and it's like, oh, God, I just want to reach my mansion on top of that hill so I can see everyone and just focus on my, you know, career and empire and yes. whatever. But mm -hmm. The lesson of Saturn in Sagittarius and why Capricorn follows Sagittarius is, first, there's passion, there's vision, there's Philosophy. imagination, mm -hmm. hope and belief. Mm -hmm. So we had two and a half years, Saturn goes through a zodiac sign, two and a half years. We had two and a half years to make our hope real, to fill up our gas, you know, our car's gas tank with all the hope, all the vision, all the desires that, that we'll need before, you know, stuff will get real and we'll have to start climbing our own mountains. I was telling people back in 2017, things will get wintry, you know? Yeah. It's like a January that lasts three years, you know? Yep. So I always ask people, like, do you like January? Is it a good month for you? Do you really like January? Because it's going to be like three years of January, you know? Yeah. So we, we worked on our perspective. We evolved it. We gave it new life. Mm -hmm. And now we need to implement it. That's yeah. why Capricorn follows Sagittarius. First, there's the dream. Then be, it, you manifest it. You crystallize and it into being, yeah. It's your perspective. And mm. then Saturn is 
our sole purpose. It's the role we were born to do. You know, it rules career and yeah, your soul career. What is the top of your own mountain? Mm -hmm. So Saturn rules the mid heaven, mm -hmm. the midpoint of the day at 12 p.m. when the sun shines above us every day. So people, what do people do at like around 12 p.m.? Yeah, what are you doing out in the world? I like how Dane Rudyard puts it, it's your cosmic office. Your midheaven. Exactly. <laughs> That's such a mm. poetic and and succinct way to put it. I feel. Yeah, and uh, I was just really trying to make space for Saturn to return to her uh, temple, but as you know, Pluto is here since two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. and. Pluto is a whole different type of energy. Pluto is more, it's more than the collective. It's something we don't really get 100%. We, we just discovered Pluto in the 1930s mm -hmm. and we didn't even get to have its whole cycle. You know, right. because it takes 150 years for Pluto to make its, its really far away right. but Pluto when it entered Capricorn in 2008 I mean we all know what happened you mm -hmm. know the mm -hmm. crash Saturn was in Virgo it's like Pluto Pluto kills it is the ultimate destroyer it mm -hmm. is Kali it's the Aeonic but, death god yeah but death for the death. yeah death in service to transformation Exactly. It's not the Saturn deals with limited death. It's like you had this end done. Mm -hmm. Pluto is like something dies to be reborn again in different energy. But Pluto is here ten, since 2008. So 10 years of just uh, being under the surface, emanating, radiating, you know, Capricorn. What does Capricorn represent in our collective consciousness? It's the rules we've made for ourselves that now need to die and the be transformed. <laughs> the institutions and the systems that were put into, put into place under different, I feel, um, rulership of the heavens. And yeah, that's what I feel like it's about, um, especially because you have these two energies coming together. Saturn is form, Pluto is death and regeneration. So in a, on a very literal level, that's what we're seeing happen. And I don't think anyone can you know, disregard that that is happening. That's what's causing a lot of chaos right now in the background and, and right in front of our face. So yeah, it can be, I feel like it's exciting, but it can because I've been waiting for this my whole life. But um, yeah. I think a lot of us ha have been. Those of us that are, especially in our 20s and 30s, it's like, oh, okay, finally, I make yep. sense. The things I've been feeling and thinking make sense. And now these guys are coming in. Well, she and he are coming in to um, give us the, the, the environment, the atmosphere in which to to do that and to rebuild i mean again pluto is about regeneration so it's about the death of what is not no longer working so that we can rebuild 
not just to see yeah. it go away. You know, that's the beauty of Pluto, I feel. Yeah, it, Pluto it's just really us... deep. <laughs> exactly. It's, it goes deeper and deeper and it never ends. But Pluto, it, it, gives, it gives you clues, like something hurts, something throbs, something is behind the surface, right? And mm -hmm. if you let it fester, it goes gangrene. Yeah. And at that point, there's a critical point to Pluto things. It's like something spoils, like in your fridge. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's cool, it's cool. It's there for a day or two days or whatever. And then there's a point where it goes so bad, you have to throw everything out, you know? Yeah. That's what Pluto does. It's just, it boils beneath the surface. And now that Saturn is back into Capricorn. It's like, oh, now we can make this real so we can cut it off. We can see you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where that Capricorn female energy comes from. I mean, if you want to know what Saturn in Capricorn does, just look at the past, the last time Saturn was in Capricorn. And you'll have to go back to 1989 mm -hmm. to see that. And 1989 was like a really big year. And that time, there was Neptune in Capricorn and Uranus in Capricorn. So, you know, Capricorn rules walls, limits, uh, just bulwarks we create in our life that help us live in this 3D world. But, mm -hmm. and so Neptune that was the Berlin. I, I apologize. I was just going to say, yeah. in, in very literal terms, the Berlin Wall came down, um, the Soviet exactly. Union fell. Yeah, so literally, walls came down. Exactly, exactly. It was Neptune in Capricorn dissolves. So when actually the conjunction between Saturn and Neptune happened, that's the exact moment the building wall came down. And the whole Eastern Bloc went down. And then Uranus in Capricorn went like, okay, cool, time for freedom. Whoop, yep. You know? <laughs> yep. And that's what's going to happen right now, but in the Pluto way. And you can't hide things anymore. Yes. You need to change. You know, the mm -hmm. system is going to crash eventually. And we don't need to fear it. Like Uranus is in Taurus. It's trining this. This is Earth mm -hmm. energy. This mm -hmm. is for the good of the collective. Yeah. When it will shift, we'll be ready with something new. Yeah. And we don't need to fear it. We need to acknowledge it. Governments will, will crash. Mm -hmm. The economy maybe. Stuff like that. But it's all for the betterment of the whole collective and I was just gonna say I think the best thing to ask ourselves because Pluto is so it also comes from the deepest part of our unconscious psyche yeah um, I think that's what this time is really important why it's really important leading up to this is to really get in touch with the deepest part of ourselves that's the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is like to really, exactly. really get a firm, like our own inner firm foundation built Yeah. so that when things do happen on the outside, we have that foundation from which to operate from as a sovereign being, not relying on these systems, not relying on yeah. these institutions that that are crumbling. Because if you do that, if you put your hope and your dreams and all of your um, operational ability as a human into institutions, it's going to be really painful. And that's how Pluto works as well. If you don't pay attention 
to the deepest exactly. part of yourself, it hurts really bad and it causes exactly. really detrimental destruction. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say and I lost it um, about, yeah, rebuilding because they're, everything's going to fall. Never mind. I'll edit this out. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> the, the thing is with, we're coming to a lot of Capricorn. There's not going to be this much Capricorns since the year, since, since the Middle Ages, this was like uh, 1280. Okay. It didn't have this much Capricorn incoming. So we were actually born for this. It, Mars retrograde just happened here a bit in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. It was in Aquarius, but it just went back to the last two degrees of Capricorn. So it's like, mm -hmm. pay attention to this spot. The south node is coming here. So we'll have Saturn here, Pluto here, south node. Damn. And yeah. Jupiter is slowly coming yeah. towards this part of the sky. You know, it's all going to be here and it's all going to be... We're all going to have to focus on where Capricorn is in our life. Yep. And, you know, the key words of what Capricorn means, you know, authority, being the author of your own life, you know, responsibility, having healthy emotional responses to the world around you. It's not about being cold and austere and barricading yourself from reality. It's facing opposition facing what's coming at you that's how capricorn works that's how saturn works mm -hmm. saturn is of the nature of oppositions it's putting you face to face with things you can't walk away from you know you have to you can't stay in bed all day long you have to go in outside world and you know confront yourself challenge yourself but it's all for abundance all for being Gross. in yeah it's all answering the call to your highest purpose the role you were meant to have and that's why i want to talk about saturn as the female energy because we as astrologers we used to you know put saturn in that it's just a cliched template of, yeah, he's the old man that's here to make everything sour and shows you tough love. Mm -hmm. Hard but, work and discipline. And <laughs> yeah, but as we said before, like we are, our soul is eternal, uh, but we aren't in this, you know, in our body, mm -hmm. this individual we are at the moment. But you can't have love without separation. That's what, yeah. yeah. That's what Saturn is trying to teach us, to love through the challenges, through separation. Separation will make you open up more. That's, that's kind of making me think that's why Saturn is exalted in Libra, because the... the um, the dynamic of relationship. Yeah. Saturn the, loves Libra. Yep. The yin and the yang, the, yeah, the black and the white, the male, the female. That's kind of, that's essentially in, in most spiritual teachings, that's what we're here to, that's why we have separation so that we could experience love. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Saturn, Saturn being feminine, kind of brings that that dynamic in yeah 
Yeah, well, in thinking. ancient Roman times, yeah. <laughs> in ancient Roman times, uh, like Saturn's temples were in nature. They were mm. uh, between pine trees and, you know, evergreen trees that show, you know, it's a natural material reflection of things never, you know, decaying. Yes. The, the leaves of an evergreen tree never go away. Exactly. I know that being in Seattle, I love it because we have green all yeah. year long. There's something so hearty about an evergreen tree and just trees in general, like they're always there, like yeah. way longer than we are. I don't know. I, I go on lots of hikes and stuff. And just when you're walking by these trees, we're the one that's moving and passing them by. But they're always there. That's like phenomenal to me. For centuries so yeah that's a really great like natural um dis display of that saturnian steady energy i love that <laughs> yeah, we're called to have a more intimate relationship with nature with the beauty that surrounds us with the tastes and the smells and being in this temporal body and just really owning the time we have here not being in constant confrontation with oh i have so little time or oh my god i can't wait for the weekend and i want this to pass you just yeah center in each and every moment Presence. because yeah because time doesn't really exist it's right. just but we're here to learn about it Mm -hmm. So we are, we do have free will in a way, mm -hmm. but we have each and every one of us a karmic field where we can play. Mm -hmm. So Saturn shows us the limits, like Saturn will force you to push yourself and you're going to feel the limit of this, whatever it is. It's like in alchemy, the Negrito, yeah. it's like the blackest of the black. Mm -hmm. There, there's nothing here for you anymore. Go back, feel your limits, own them, see the love here, you know, mm -hmm. and then you can, you know, go up or down or whatever else you want. But another thing I want to invite people to do this uh, this time is to because Saturn and Capricorns deals with no. The energy is like no. Can mm -hmm. I have no? Can I do that no? Yep. And it's not to ruin your fun. It's not to impose martial law on your life. But no is a hidden yes. It's boundaries. Boundaries exactly. are good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Boundary. We're here to learn that. And you have to, when life gives you that no, this doesn't work anymore. No, you should be, it, it's an invitation to do something else. It opens up other possibilities for your further fulfillment. That separation that brings love out, that no is like, no, you should be doing something else. Mm -hmm. It's right? guidance. Exactly. Yeah. So, Which is very motherly. That is very feminine energy. Exactly. You know, like that divine... Uh, you know, I don't like the word negativity, but it is. It's 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 the the um, negative kind of 
Because the mother isn't just coddling and nurturing. The mother tells you what not to do so that you will grow into a more self-sufficient being, you know, and be able to take care of yourself. <laughs> I think the mother energy is actually a lot more, um, maybe a lot more of a guiding force than the, the father energy. So yeah. Interesting. It, it's, it's just the fact that you can do a lot of damage if you nurture too much. You, if you don't you, get those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you smother the thing you love and you're not letting it grow by itself. Mm -hmm. You have to let the child see the world for what it is and face your fears and go beyond them. That's a real call to do. Like th th That's why Saturn is hard. It's not. It's It rules the places and the zodiac that are opposite of the lights. You know, it's opposite. Mm -hmm. Capricorn is opposite of Cancer, mm -hmm. the moon's temple, and Cap Aquarius is opposite the sun, you know? Mm -hmm. So these are, this is where darkness is. This is like, in the northern hemisphere, this is the beginning and middle part of winter. This is like, and people used to die in yeah. winter time. If yeah. you didn't do the work, you will not survive. Right. Right. Everything's bare and naked and in your face and you're called to to grow by challenging yourself, by going out of your comfort zone. It's very cliched, mm -hmm. but there's nothing to fear anymore. Mm -hmm. If you have Saturn transits, there's always a confirmation that you've done the work and now you're ready to face the fears that you couldn't before. Right. So there's this loving guidance that's uh, well done, mm -hmm. you've done the work, now face your fears. You're yeah. ready now. Yeah, it's an initiation. Yeah. Like your Saturn return is essentially an initiation into true adulthood, which is true. around your 20, age 29, 30, essentially. I mean, that's, that's how I look at it, looking back, and that's how it seems to... Mm to be as far as most people are concerned it's like well you've learned these lessons you've learned who you are okay now go forth and and build and do and create your own boundaries even i think that yeah. it, it's kind of like a, an initiation into okay you're you're able to start building yourself now right maybe. on maybe <laughs> that's and what's if to that anyway. if that's mm -hmm. not love i don't know what is that is nurturing that's taken yeah. care exactly. it's not tough love it's love and, and that's mm -hmm. what we're all called to do with so much capricorn mm -hmm. and the the other thing is um why do we climb mountains why mm -hmm. do we what's success for us being up that mountain so we can look down upon others or walking there to go beyond what your limits are mm -hmm. and see the world on a completely higher plane and share that experience with others share that love you you've sensed there we each have our own mountain to climb let's mm -hmm. help each other by inspiring each other you know mm -hmm. that negative female internal pressure we feel that's creating diamonds in us where we can all inspire each other for 
you know, the collective betterment, if we push ourselves, if we grit our teeth and uh, face each and every obstacle with love, not malice. Obstacles are given to us now because we're ready and it's not because, oh, you suck and you're weak, whatever. No, it's beautiful. I love how, I just wanted to pause. I love how you said that. And yeah, I feel like each of us is doing our own singular journey, internal journey, but it also involves, you know, like when you go on a hike with friends, when you're climbing, literally climbing that mountain with friends, you're each going through your own thing, your own sort of like challenge of getting up this mountain, but you're also helping each other. And then at the end, you get the reward of, you know, seeing, having a whole different vantage point and you're changed. You're totally changed by it every, every time. And it takes a while. I think that that's really important about this time too. Saturn is slow. It's step by step by step by step by step. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next month, but we're going to look back in, you know, 2021 2025 and we're going to see the entire trajectory of how we've been building it's like building a foundation brick by brick brick by brick you know you don't notice it at the time because it's so in your face and it's it, you're so close to it but um yeah the achievement and what you build at the end is long lasting and it stands the test of time that's what capricorn teaches us as well it's what that energy is about as well building something that will last you know not not the fire of sagittarius or yeah you know or aries or what have you that burns out it's like no this is going to be here for a long time so that's why this i feel like this time is really about tearing down old structures and building them piece by piece as we go along and yeah yeah just to um this fall is really interesting as well. Um, we're going to be diving into relationship dynamics with Venus and Scorpio and Venus in retrograde and Scorpio. And we're at the point right now where we're recording the end of Virgo season. We're about to go into the autumnal equinox and Libra season. Um, which is also, of course, about relationships. So this is a fall that is definitely about building and processing um, relationship dynamics and learning to work together. So I know you wanted to talk about this. What's your your take on what we're in for? We're going towards a complete reset in relationships because this last uh, retrograde this you know, upcoming retrograde of Venus and Scorpio is the last major planetary retrograde in this part of the sky and if you know that dance Venus does with earth and sun you know that flower Venus does yes. the mm-hmm. five-pointed pentagram mm-hmm. we're at one of those legs of the five-pointed star and it's Venus had another retrograde here in Scorpio back in 2010, October again. It's nearly the same day. Mm -hmm. But now, think about what Scorpio has been through, this part of the sky. (laughs) Saturn was here doing three retrogrades in 2012, really 
materializing our deepest, deepest fears and our deepest secrets and relationship dynamics where we've been manipulated, where we manipulated, you know, mm-hmm. Scorpio stuff. Yeah. Jupiter is here at the moment to help heal it. Mm-hmm. Mars had a retrograde here back in 2016. It, it's, we've all gone through a lot of reconstruction in Scorpio. So this last retrograde of Venus in Scorpio is like, think of the past eight years in relationships, in self-confidence, in your magnetism, your female side. And think of all those moments where you lost power here, where you felt neglected, abandoned, on the losing side uh and now with jupiter there it's time to open the closets <laughs> bring out all the skeletons oh i thought i've never you know, I, I was free of the skeleton it's like no <laughs> you're not but now you can have a drink with it yeah because <laughs> jupiter's does, there and <laughs> you yeah. just have a good time yeah <laughs> there's, there's there's no need to fear it anymore uh-huh. but if we want new relationship dynamics that are authentic, that are like no strings attached, no BS attached, just raw, truthful, intimate, mm-hmm. we need to look at the past again one final time. Because it's very rare to have Mars retrograde and Venus retrograde in the yeah. same year. Yeah. I mean, Mars is just coming out of shadow. It's like at three, two degrees of Aquarius, mm-hmm. and Venus just went into shadow. So they're both into. That's extremely rare. Right. So this year is about that relationship dynamics because if we want to build that Capricorn new temple purpose in our life, we will need the right people aligned to us. So it was funny, like at the day Venus entered shadow, you know, I'm very Venusian. It's like how people are connected to the moon. I'm connected to Venus. I feel her mm-hmm. trance like that. But that same day, I my inbox went just full from clients <laughs> and friends saying like, oh, I think I found the love of my life now. Oh, that person <laughs> is back. What does it mean? I'm sorry to bother you, Ollie, but can you say, you know, can you look at, Sinistry, can you? And it's like, oh God, it's it's happening. It's, it's starting. It's starting. It's starting. It's not even retrograded. It's just shadow. It's like, oh God, it's no. Yep. The thing is, the same issues we're finding now, we won't get a clear answer until after mid-November, mm-hmm. and Venus will station retrograde at the tenth degree of Scorpio, and then it will go back to the twenty-fifth degree of Libra. So it's a complete clear of all karmic past dynamics of the last eight years. You will be visited by maybe people from, you know, the last eight years. Yep. And it's happening. It's starting right now. Yeah. It's really funny. It's happening. I'm like, oh, whoa. (laughs) I thought this has been done with. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. It is not really. But it's here to... (laughs) To make you uh, be more aligned. I mean, it's Scorpio, so it's very sexual, but it's like you're that. It's passion. Center. 
yeah that raw very very deep deep like subconscious part of yourself that that interacts with others and has intimacy yes right it's it's that very murky place where there's this admixture of your essence with another person's i.e intimacy and it's the it like there there are no words that's kind of scorpio too like there really are no words it's all feelings and it's all super super deep dark feelings even but there's yeah. love there there is passion in that place as well it's not just negative dark feelings but they can be cathartic that's what scorpio loves too scorpio is yeah. the psychiatrist the psychoanalyst it's it's digging into the depths of our feelings so that and it, it's you know in modern astrology ruled by pluto so it's very plutonian like we've already said it's getting into those deep dark places because it knows that there's gold and diamonds down there um and the only way to get the golden diamonds is to work with that energy and to transmute it, to transform it. That's why we're being at, that's why the doors are going to be thrown open. It's like, okay, yeah, just like you said, remember this, remember this thing that hurt, you thought you put it away. It's not to bring it up so that we will suffer more or to punish us more or to make us sad. Um, if it does, it's in the name of bringing you know bringing that to light and transforming it so that we can go forward with our in our current relationships you know so that we won't be carrying this baggage with us <laughs> into these new relationships you know that we all have um i'm actually looking forward to i think it's going to be pretty intense i'm hoping it'll be better than the venus retrograde in aries that was really difficult i'm not gonna lie <laughs> that was really hard yeah, I mean, poor Venus is having all these retrogrades in signs she's not comfortable in. I mean, Aries is her detriment, and Scorpio, again, another detrimental sign. It's her, you know, secret lover's Mars sign, and it's like, you know, Scorpio is like if you pick a rock from outside and then you turn it over and it's like all those bugs and worms and ugh. Yeah. Venus doesn't want to do with that. It's just like nice yeah. and clean and pretty <laughs> jewels. And I don't know. In the do garden I... and yeah. <laughs> uh, this space stinks. And it's like, oh, it's not dirty and it's not clean. And it's very intense. It's very, very intense. But and... the, the, it's necessary. It's very but necessary work to do. I think Venus in Scorpio is very beautiful, though. It's There's a certain rawness about that magnetism that I find very interesting like but that's the thing I mean I don't really like Venus retrogrades to be honest but this one I think we're all ready for because yeah we're already we're we're at that point in our lives where we don't have the patience or time to hide behind what we really want so yes. this is the time to find the people that are truly aligned with every crazy thing that's deep inside of you, you know. Yes. And after this that. point, yeah, exactly. After this point, there's no bullshitting around. Sorry, you know, mm -hmm. it's about it's about I want this. It's aligned to who I truly am. 
I would love to share it with you. Are you on the same page? Mm -hmm. If not, no big deal. Great. Not taken personally. Cool. Moving cool. on. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's wow. what it's going to be about. So that's why people are going to be very ready to just go full on with new relationships now. It's like, oh, I know this is different from the last time. No, no, no. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you... Things will get clearer now. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to mean that relationships all relationships will die, you know. Mm -hmm. Some relationships after this Venus retrograde can actually become stronger, better, mm -hmm. change its status. But in each long-term relationship, short-term relationship, whatever, people will be called to just say, "Okay, cool. Do you do that. I'm this this is exactly what I want. What do we want to do going yeah. forward it's gonna be very cleansing it's gonna be amazing yeah very like rad just radical authentic authenticity and honesty yeah i think it's um it's really key for us individually to know that this is going on and to again not take things personally not not to worry that things are always going to be like that that's what any venus retrograde is about just to be aware that these energies are are happening for the greater good and that they're necessary um and also if you're in a long-term relationship you know bring it up with your partner that this is energy that's going on so that both of you are on the same page and understand that if things come up at this time it's so that you can look at them it's so that you can um evaluate and and move forward instead of again like just keeping it under you know, keeping it hidden or whatever. Um, I think it's going to be a really cleansing and, and nourishing time as well. It's, exactly. I mean, it's water. It's water. It's a great, great feeling. It's not fire. It's going to be yeah. like nourishing no matter what. Can you tell I have no fire in my chart? Because I'm just like, no huh? fire. No fire. No. <laughs> it oh, hurts. I, maybe you like it. There's no fire anywhere on the sky at the moment. I'm okay with it right now. There's maybe a little too much earth because I have a lot of air, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, and the fact that, I mean, Venus and Scorpio is also, Scorpio is the macabre and it's, you know, goth and it's the, the darkness. That's what's really fun about Scorpio too. So it's like seasonably appropriate that it's happening around Halloween when we're all kind of in that like thinner veils between the worlds. I mean, I think this will be great for the occult and like, your, mm -hmm. I feel like even your relationship with magic, with the occult, with the other side, the intangible realm, this would be great for, you know, spiritual practice and, and magic to take, I mean, be careful how you work with it, everyone. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact that Venus is there lends, um, lends this real beautification um, overtone to to those darker areas. And I think more people can kind of, for, for people that aren't as predisposed to be a little on the, you know, goth or dark side of life, I think that it'll kind of illuminate or, or bring bring those those darker macabre sides of life into sort of um, a more beautiful lens for most people, which, you know, is good. You got to have the dark with the light. 
exactly well said it's like yeah i didn't think of that much to be honest it's it's a very good time to rehash the connection you have with the unseen with the deeper behind the veil forces your spirit guides you know Mm -hmm. talk with your spirit guides. like what do you want buddies there's some spirit guides (laughs) that are my my my, more trickstery they want Uh some you know yeah, do your bad things. It's cool. I like that. But, uh, not anymore, <laughs> dude. Not anymore. We've been through this. We've been through this. Like, stop. <laughs> different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we have gone over quite a lot of material. This has been really awesome. I think we're probably at a good point to wrap it up, if, if that's all right with you. Of course, of course. This has been very rich and fertile and entertaining. So, um, Ali, if people want to get a reading with you, if they need that relationship reading to fill up your inbox again, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Currently, they can uh, be in touch with me through my Instagram page, uh, you know, with all the Capricorn. And I'm I'm still waiting for Uranus to to head back into Taurus in March next year to really start building my astrology business, like mm-hmm. making good. my own website, the blog, certificates, and, you know, some YouTube vids, maybe, Patron, you whatever, but I, yeah. there will become, there will, I will start making a platform, but at the moment, just reach out to my, on my Instagram, that's how I met all the amazing souls throughout mm-hmm. the world and healers that I've had the blessing to meet, as with you. So, yeah, um, Instagram all day, all night. Yeah, at Overdrone. Perfect. And the link will be in the show notes, of course. And, um, yeah, have a have a great fall through, through the darkness. <laughs> the, Nice autumn through the darkness with our relationships. And uh, we'll talk soon, Ollie. Thank you. Ooh, smooth sailing. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed what Ollie and I discussed today. Be sure and give him a visit on Instagram for in-depth astrology forecasts and personal readings at of Drone. That's O-V-D-R-O-N-E. And of course, the link will be in the show notes. For more insightful conversations like this with benevolent beings doing good work in the world, be sure and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And also remember to visit tristadedman.com and click podcast to get all the show notes and subscribe to the mailing list to get every transmission straight to your inbox. As always, take care out there, guys.